Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock, along with co-host Challen Rogers. And Challen, um, as we battle here this week, as we get ready to battle, you've been battling yourself. I've been. Yep. How are you feeling? Only come up. Fans may notice if you're a regular <laughs> listener to the podcast or have heard Challen speak before, he might sound a little bit different. You might also hear the odd sniffle, maybe a cough, maybe a. Just be on your toes. Get ready. Just be ready. <laughs> <laughs> who me for what no the listeners oh the listeners. like just that random cough or you know you yeah. never know what's gonna happen here all right uh so this has been something you've been battling through here for almost like a week yeah maybe even long uh yeah no thursday of this around actually this time i was whipping home because i did not feel well Yes, I remember talking to you right before you left, and you sounded fine, but then you told me that you had been slightly ill earlier in the day and thought it might be best to just head home and rest up to uh, get on a flight the next day to go to Calgary and play the Roughnecks, which, obviously, no spoiler here, the game went fine. Toronto Rock win, great win. We'll talk about that maybe more in detail in a moment, but what were you going through personally? I mean, you're talking about a flight, shoot around a game living out of a suitcase not being at home all this stuff and you're you're fairly ill we're not trying to make this sound like you're on your deathbed by any means but you're battling yeah no thursday uh i was really battling friday i was like woke up and i knew i felt a little bit but felt pretty good like flying everything everything went pretty smoothly didn't didn't worry about it as much as I thought I would need to. And then Saturday rolls around, same thing. Woke up. I was like, let's go. If you don't on the come up. Great shoot around. Felt great. Get back to the hotel, watch film. Felt great. Watching walking to lunch and just like a wave of just like just heat. I just felt hot. And then like, oh my gosh, am I gonna be ill here? Do I need to run <laughs> to the bathroom to go be ill? Um didn't and then couldn't really eat a whole lot. It was just, it was a battle. It was a battle. We got a dub. The boys stepped up and big, big win. Now, perhaps I'm letting the cat out of the bag here because I don't think we've ever talked about this on the podcast, but I understand that you may occasionally be ill before games on a regular basis. Yeah, it's it's a routine of mine. Not like, not like, uh, I'm having some technical difficulties <laughs> with this chair. First time. Um, but, yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's a bad habit of mine, I guess. It's not even me controlling it. It's just like my body's like, yeah, you need to get the playing weight. So then, ill, it's crazy. I'm, it, like as soon as Maddie's done his speech, it's just like, it just hits me. Really? Yeah. And surprisingly, in Calgary, I didn't. <laughs> There's nothing left in in me to. You were already cleaned out and ready to play. Yeah. At that current moment, and then, yeah. yeah, everything else after. Well, because I don't think this is rare, actually, for athletes at all. Like, I, I feel like there might be, like, one on every team, a guy that just naturally feels that way before games. Yeah, I think Josh Allen does it, too. You certainly don't feel worse afterwards. It's not really that you feel sick or anything, right? No, it's, it's just, just I like to think it. I like to think about it as, like, a boxer or, like, UFC fighter trying to make weight, you know? Like, they have to go sweat out all the water and then. 
they obviously weigh themselves and then once they make weight they just crush waters again yeah it's kind of it's kind of like that huh mm. it's interesting all Been right doing it since junior only in box lacrosse too field lacrosse it never the moment never struck no just yeah weird That's wild it is wild yeah um so let's talk about the game so you say even though you're out of your uh natural routine not feeling great obviously the team goes in there tough environment because that's a very motivated team coming off of a tough loss the night before to new york they're sitting there at two and four now with back-to-back home games and uh you know their coach josh sanderson had a lot to say after their friday night game so i'm sure he had a lot more to say to get them kind of fired up on saturday because they certainly Put forth a good effort, and it was uh, it was a very entertaining game to watch. And uh, maybe just your thoughts on how the game went, kind of start to finish. Yeah, um, you know, I think I think we played the best game we have um, up to this point. I think all over the floor, offensively, lots of chances. Um, you know, we weren't capitalizing on all of them, but like just the flow of our offense and the spacing and the movement of our O, uh, it's just gotten better every game. And I thought that was their best game by far. And and defensively, I, I think we did a great job at keeping them to where we wanted to keep them to. And and uh, you know, Brucey had us ready to go with the the things we needed to kind of be mindful of. Um, but yeah, it just a full complete team effort. Um, and you know it's got up a little bit and then they kind of it's a game of runs you know they i don't know if anyone scored over two goals in a row um maybe as you think i think we must have may have early um but yeah uh yeah no just full complete team effort and um you know we're gonna need much of the similar much of the same um if not better this weekend by the time people are listening to this, uh, Rock City Unplugged episode three, season two, episode three will have been released on Thursday night. Uh, so as people are wa- listening to this, at least on Friday or later, leading into Saturday night's game, um, there was a moment captured in this episode of the documentary where after the Buffalo game, there was some conversation in the locker room and you were one of a few guys that end up uh, making it into the documentary talking about uh, just where you think the team sits and Brad Cree has a very, uh, very strong message, I think, to the group. Very emotional, I'll say. There's a lot of emotion in that locker room after the game against Buffalo. And the big thing that you brought up was about just establishing those good habits in practice and how everything needed to start on Monday. When you look back now, uh, in hindsight, did you feel that the team righted the ship in terms of their work ethic and habits in practice leading into last week's game against Calgary? Yeah, I mean, it's easy for us to kind of look back and and be like, yeah, uh, you know, I thought it was a really good practice from us. And, and, you know, we were – we were dialed in from the get-go, and I, I think that was just a wake-up call for for all of us. That you know we're we're cruising at a pretty good rate, and um, you know we just we always have to have that urge to be better and, and continue to to get better. Um, you know, once you kind of become complacent with with where you're at, um, usually that's when the problems happen. So um, yeah, I mean, it, Buffalo Bandits—they're tough 
tough squad to go against, but it was a good wake up call for us to just kind of keep moving forward and, and trying to improve and, and get better. If you haven't had the opportunity to watch episode three of Rock City Unplugged yet, it is something you need to watch. It is, I believe, approximately 42 minutes, this episode. It's a long one. It is about half of a feature-length film. <laughs> <laughs> so it is worth the watch. It moves very well. I know probably when we sit out there and say this is 42 minutes, a lot of people might, I think, nowadays get... Uh, scared off maybe by content that's that's maybe that long but it is a great watch and i think just further to that scene in the uh, locker room after the buffalo game if you're a fan of the toronto rock you're gonna just see how much these guys care about it because everybody that we've shown the clip to around the office here anybody who's got kind of a sneak peek at the documentary you really look at it and you're like these guys care and it kind of it helps to refocus everybody here in the office even I think just to say, hey, you know what? Like we're all doing this. Everybody's doing their job here. And there's a moment too where Latrell Harris, even in the documentary, re refers to walking by the offices and and realizing, you know, the efforts that you know people put in behind the scenes to make everything happen. And uh, just uh, there was a couple of refocus moments. I think just to talk about from the office side of things as well that it was uh, really, I think, for a lot of people, pretty neat to see how much you guys care just from our side. So I can only imagine just as a pure fan to to see how much you guys care and how much it means every game. And and like we've kind of talked about before where, you know, the fans get upset when you lose. Well, you guys get upset when you guys lose too, right? And all the fans want you guys to do is win and all you guys want to do is win. And so it just kind of will probably sit there with the fans too, I think, and sit there and go, okay, like, you know, these are my guys. I'm loyal to them. They okay. care. They're going to work to get better. I love these guys. We're going to keep cheering and, we're going to come out in numbers here uh, down the stretch to support this team as they push towards the playoffs and currently sit at six and one and top the NLL standings, Chow. Yeah. Good, good first seven, seven now. games. Yeah. yeah. Good first seven ish. I know it was talked about a little bit uh, after six games. It's like, that's a third of the season, five and one great start. Now it's kind of on to the next six games, but now we can say, Six and one is is very good, up by a half game over San Diego and Albany. We both sit at six and two, so uh, so far so good out of the gate, absolutely. And I don't think you really, you know, I think you definitely take that at the start of the season. If somebody said you're going to be six and one, I think everybody thinks, you know, maybe they would have liked the one to not be against Buffalo. But that's another point. You still got some time to get that one back on March 16th when we go to Buffalo, and hopefully there'll be a large contingent of Rock fans making that trip down there as well. Um, another kind of funny thing that comes up in Rock City Unplugged, and this is why it's great having the crew go on the road as well, is that T.D. Erlin, who travels separately from the team, um, because the team is on a regular Air Canada flight, pretty well all together. So there's a few guys that end up traveling individually because they're coming from the States, i.e., Tom Schreiber and T.D. Erlin. And in this episode of Rock City Unplugged, we learn that T.D.'s bag and equipment don't make it to Calgary with him. So he's got to kind of come out there and play in all new gear, new shoes, everything that day. And I mean, I guess first, I just want to ask you before we get into how you thought T.D. dealt with it, <laughs> which is pretty funny in the doc, actually, but have you ever had that happen where your equipment hasn't shown up or like just been missing something or you forgot 
a key element of something? Uh, my professional career? Uh, nothing that comes to mind right away, no. Maybe like a random like a bicep pad yeah. here and there, but nothing. Nothing, nothing critical. Just, yeah. Not like the whole... Not tops like to tails yeah. kit. <laughs> yeah, nothing like TD dealt with this past weekend. So what was what was the general vibe from the guys when uh, they realized that TD was without? Well, <laughs> there's another backstory to this, right? Uh, Part of the backstory yes. doesn't make it into the doc, actually. So do you want me to give the backstory? Then? Yes, we okay, would love. So. This is you know this is why people, total access. There's a reason why it's called total access. Here you go. Let's um, hear the whole story. So. TD usually leaves his bag. Uh, it's in Hamilton, and Largy and, and uh, Largy will bring it back and air it out and all that. And Brad kind of just kept on questioning it, like, "You're driving back to Rochester. Why don't you just bring it with you?" Like, he, we all bring our bags to the airport and we fly with our bags. Like, you, you're capable of doing that. So TD was like, "Okay, Brad. Like, I'll do it. I'll, I'll." listen to you I'll bring it back to, to Rochester and that happened to be this past weekend <laughs> uh, or I guess two weekends ago when he when he brought his back uh, back home to Rochester and and then the bag didn't make it from Rochester to Calgary so TD uh, <laughs> was kind of ripping around being like it's well it's Brad's fault it's all Brad's fault he told me I had to bring it and so Brad's like I was his roommate as well, and, and Brad walks in the room <laughs> after we see TD and him not having his bag, and he's like, ah, damn. <laughs> he's like, that, that one's going to be on me. That, that's Yeah, that's <laughs> that's my fault. His and, influence yeah, it's, backfired. It, it's pretty funny. It, tough bounce. <laughs> tough bounce. Like, tough bounce, but TD got some new shoes out of it. And... They might be better than his other ones. They're pretty nice. Nice Jordans. Who yeah. knew who knew Largy had that type of style? He didn't pick those. There's no, I think those. Emily picked them. Yeah. Yeah. In Smart. the in the doc you can see actually they're like all the stuff they're uh again, that's why there's so many layers to this episode of Rock City Unplugged. Some great stuff with uh Latrell Harris and his journey back from injury and how he's progressing and whatnot and uh the focus of this episode is style. So there's a lot of stuff about shoes and, and whatnot. And, and then it's just funny that, you know, the episode was already planned out that way about style and everything. And then for TD to not have his gear and have to go out and get new shoes. There's a big focus on shoes and the guy's shoes and stuff like that in this episode as well. And uh, it's just kind of funny how this stuff all comes together. Life just followed the previously planned out storyline to a T. Yeah. Yeah, we get to learn a little bit more about Phil Mazuka and his day job at Bar Down. Yep. There's a lot of stuff in this episode. That's why it's 42 minutes long. <laughs> but uh, Those 42 minutes, though, they fly by. Like, even even the other uh Yeah, there's other been some 30-plus minute yeah. episodes, yeah. And then they just kind of rip by. And they're like, oh, it's done? Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff that if you're a fan of this team, which I'm sure you are if you're listening to this podcast <laughs> – it's there's some stuff that's going to kind of move you, I think, in a real positive way in this episode to get you fired up here. Um, you know, through February, weather's been okay outside, but you know, it's not, it's kind of, I feel like Mother Nature's teasing us right now that I think we're in for 
a rough ride here in a couple weeks. I don't know why. I haven't yeah. even looked at the forecast or anything. I just feel like it's been clearly too good to be true. I, I, I still honest, trying to I know, master the it. up and, up and down heel. of the chair. Big feet. Okay. All right. Big shoe. All right. Uh, yeah. No, I was thinking that actually too. I don't know why we're talking about weather on Toronto Rock Total Access, but yeah, I was, I was pleasantly surprised getting off the plane on Sunday. I was like, oh, it's not that cold. It's sunny. Yeah, you know? it's been beautiful that way. And then you look at the forecast, and there's you know one forty percent chance of snow coming. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, but you can never trust the weather app. That thing's a joke. <laughs> it's never well, right. it's not like. <laughs> but this is the funny thing: it, it, nothing in there says a hundred percent, right? So they always there's always room for error. No, there's hundred percent in there sometimes. A hundred percent of rain, hundred percent. Well, okay, yeah. but I feel oh, like you know here is that you know what? No, if no, we're no, talk no, no. About this, I'm jumping I don't know up. if it's true. No, it, is I that correct? It is correct. All right, go ahead with your theory. I, I think it's correct. This works. Uh, the percentage on so like let's say Saturday, it's actually eighty percent chance of rain. Eighty percent chance of rain in Oakville. It's only eighty percent of Oakville that receives the rain. I just don't know how they measure that. Like I, 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 there's, so it's not an 80. Well, they're looking at the clouds okay, and how still, they go but over. Here's the thing though. I feel like that statement. Now we're way off, but this is great. <laughs> we're way off here, but that statement is almost true as well for the percent chance that it will happen. Right. Because if you said I'm sitting here at the track yep. in Oakville and there's an 80% chance of rain in Oakville, yes. but it's also 80% chance that it will rain at 11:32. Like, you know what I mean? 80% of the area could receive rain, but that would make it the same as me being here in Oakville with an 80% chance of rain. Right? Uh, no, I, I kinda... isn't that kind of the same thing at the end of the day? Yeah. This is where we need you to write in fans. Total access <laughs> at TorontoRock.com. How do you, interpret the 80 percent chance of rain are you reading a definition right now of it yeah i'm trying to see what google's telling me for example a 20 percent chance of rain means there's an 80 percent chance of dry weather Duh. Yeah. on the other hand an 80 percent chance of dry weather yeah that's a stupid definition cut that but isn't that the same thing? Like I'm standing in the parking lot and it says there's an 80%, 80% of Oakville is going to get rain. Okay, here we go. So I'm still, it's still 80% chance it's going to rain here. Yep. But if you really want to no? go in depth and look at like the cloud coverage and Okay, whatever, fire it up. Let's hear it. Rick 100% <laughs> chance uh, POP. Percentage of precipitation, I assume. Inko, you nailed it. Means every point in the forecast area has a hundred percent chance of observing measurable precipitation in the forecast area during the forecast period. <laughs> I feel like that confused it more. Yeah, well, a hundred percent. That's. If That's, you are a meteorologist and you're listening to this podcast, we need to get you on next week because we need to end this debate. Because I feel like this whole 80% of the area thing is like recent breaking news. Yeah, because everyone just sees it and it's like, oh, there's an 80% chance of rain. Yeah. No, it's just 80% of your area. Okay, here. Does 60% chance of rain mean it will rain? 
let's use 60% as a rain chance in the forecast. That means 60% of the entire area could see measurable rain at some point in the day. I Which think, still I might think be our, in that area. Yeah, you yeah, still yeah. have a 60% chance of getting hit by a raindrop. I think I think our definitions were better than Google's. Yeah, but I think in at the end of the day, it all kind of means the same thing. Yeah. Maybe. Yep. Tomato. So, there we go. Tomato. <laughs> Tomato. Um, wow, real off track there. Yeah, Sorry. I know. But now we got to stay off track and let's get into some. But now of this. people are talking, you know, they're talking about what they think. Yeah, yeah. it is. This is really it's creating some real provocative conversation here. Good family. Good family radio. Yes. <laughs> Talk about the weather. If anybody out there would like to create a report on this with some more detail that we can share, again, total access at torontorock.com. Fire it up. We'll mention you on the podcast. Okay. Uh, let's slightly jump out of order here. With, again, <laughs> we never do that. With what you're watching. And uh, I watched Fool Me Once. We you know, binged it on Sunday. What? Yeah, you did. No, yeah. I, you know what I finished last night? What? Griselda. Okay, I haven't been into that at all. What? I thought you said you were watching it. No, I was watching Fool Me Once. Well, you said that you watched yeah, the last yeah. episode yeah. that day. Yeah. When I said I was two episodes in and this is unbelievable. Yeah, I did watch it that day. And now Griselda done crushed it. Okay, so let's, again. Let's Fool Me Once. Yeah, That's let's why go spoiler alert here on, on Fool Me Once. If you haven't watched it, skip ahead a few minutes here. But it's on Netflix. Uh, I I loved it. Dumb ending. Agree. Yeah. Totally agree because it always felt like that could be a possibility, but it was like an easy out, yeah. I feel like, for it to revert back to that it was the, the wife that killed the husband and, and whatever, right? Like, I I felt kind of like duped yeah. a bit by the end of it. I you're was trying like, to solve oh, You're trying to figure it out. Yeah. And then you're like, uh, but the obvious answer, it's like, Another spoiler alert, Gossip Girl. Yeah, it, it felt like the writers did too much to swerve you away from what the ending was going to be. It almost didn't even need to be eight episodes because every, like, all these episodes kept sending you a different direction. And new characters. Yeah. I new. almost would have been like, episode seven, maybe I just don't need to watch the final episode. Yeah, and even, like, uh, the Shane guy. Like he's sketchy AF. Like that guy is sketchy. Was that the? That's the he's military like the, friend. Yeah, military buddy. Yeah. But like outside, just like being all creepy and stuff. It's like I would. Why no was one's he ever doing, doing that? that? No one's ever doing that. No. And why was he doing it? Because he didn't trust her. But like, also, the writers are just like, hey, see, this guy's being sketchy. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was the one shot where he was outside the house, right, with a yeah. hoodie on, and he was just standing there because. And that flashed quick, but again, it like planted this other like so many little yeah, like go. seeds What's of doubt doing? and like, you know, and just so much about the family and the the mother and the, the like. It was, it really is worth the watch. Like it's really good. And while you're in it, I think you'll be enjoying it immensely. But, you know, we really haven't totally spoiled things because I feel like it's just you know you got to a point too in that. That you're like, I didn't know. Sorry, the last part is the very, very, very end. 
the detective with the beard. Yeah. Why is he there at the hospital? With uh, because did daughter? you sense there was that strong of a relationship between the detective and everybody else? No. I not. thought maybe there was at the beginning, and then as it went along, I was like, oh, no, they're not as tight as I thought they were. Well, I think once he dropped that, like, he was taking the pills from that family, the Burkett family. Yeah. Once he was taking those pills, and then, like, he had all those symptoms from the pills, then that set off uh, Maya. Yeah. And then, I don't know. But, yeah, like... I didn't feel there was a relationship between yeah. him and the family that would have constituted 20 years later or whatever yeah. that he's invited back to be in the hospital room yeah. to no, I agree. say hello to the daughter, Lily, was it? Uh, yeah. That had the baby. Like, yeah. I think maybe just because they were, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Like, it was, to it be was, honest. It was weird. That's so Harwin Corbin, Coben, I don't know. Yeah. Harman. I even looked at it yesterday, but I always forget. So he has like 10 different things on Netflix that are like identical to that. Really? I wouldn't even say Fool Me Once is the best one. Like there's a lot of other really good ones kind of like that. Similar where they just throw, here's a character. You get a kid like Oprah. Yeah. You get one. (laughs) You get one. It's like you, here's this character. Here's this character. And then at the end of it, you're like, well, I didn't need to know 20 of these. But interesting. They were all, yeah, they were all pretty interesting. And you, there was always kind of a hint that somebody else, it was very well done in the end. It just, at the end, like you said, I felt kind of duped that I needed to spend however many hours to get to that ending. Yeah. No, I, I'll, I'll look on Netflix and I'll give you. Uh, which three, one's the best? One, yeah. Which one's my favorite. Okay. Because they're all, they're all really good and make you think, but yeah. All right. Yeah. Good suggestion. Um, anything else we want to touch on on what you're watching? Uh, I finished Griselda. Yeah. And yep, I, I was yep. late to that. Uh, like usual. You know, I usually like to let the trend go and then watch it. But <laughs> very uh, real, real good. Really good. I was a fan of it. It's kind of, uh, if you're kind of into the cartel type shows, there's some moments where it's kind of graphic, but nothing crazy. And you see uh, Sofia Vergara Vergara, play a completely different role than what yeah. I'm used to her. Like, I'm really? used to her being the mom in Modern Family. And now she's just like a kingpin beast. Oh, really? Cartel. I didn't even know she was in Okay. She's like the main. How many episodes? Uh, six, seven. Okay. It definitely could have gone on longer. Like, you could have really bought it like you could have almost made i feel like another 12 episodes with that and really gone more in depth with certain things but there's other shows that'll give you those the new uh curb your enthusiasm came out this week didn't it i don't know i think so i don't have crave i gotta get on that you don't have crave <laughs> not yet I, we've talked about this before. right yes it's just no shorzy no shorzy no, just no crave. And I've been, I was going to get it for myself for Christmas. <laughs> All I need to do is, legitimately like on Uber Eats. You can Eats, get it right now. You can be done before we. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, on Uber where it's like uh, they give you random rewards sometimes. Yeah. It's like that. Like I have Apple TV, like three months free subscription. All yeah. I need to do is just click it. 
Yet I don't have Apple don't TV. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, no listener mailbag today. We got to give a shout out though to Jello. Are we going? You're going to go with that? I like Jello. Okay. I think so, it's a cool name. So Jeremy O. Maybe our biggest fan. Paul Franklin's going to have something to say. About that. <laughs> There's actually a few guys I think that would have something to say about it. But uh, definitely a key contributor now, we can say safely enough, that Jeremy O is a key contributor to this podcast. So we got to thank you again. He left me a very nice voicemail this week, uh, you know, thanking us for using his topics and whatnot over the last uh, couple of weeks. And they definitely provided some, uh, you know, great conversation on the podcast. So thank you, Jeremy O. I know you're thanking us for using your stuff, but we want to say thank you. Because you're uh, you're the real star here, buddy. So yep. let us know what you think of the nickname. Yeah, I mean, if you don't like <laughs> Challenge's nickname of Jello for you, then uh, we'll think of a new one, I guess. Or if you have one that you go by, yeah, that you would prefer over Jer O or Jeremy O or Jello. It just rolls off the tongue. All right, Jero, Jello, same, same. It's great. All good nicknames, I feel like, come from, you know, the start of something into something else, right? Rather than just ending a, ending it with a Y or a whatever, right? Yep. Great. Great. <laughs> uh, so we will open up the listener mailbag again next week because we're, uh, we're going to be promoting it in game. Oh. On Saturday, the listener mailbag will be promoted. So we'll, uh, you know, have some new questions coming in, I'm sure, from some other people. And we still have some stuff actually in the uh, in the can here from Jeremy O. Love it. We didn't get through everything that he sent in. And then he sent in more stuff this week. Jello. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have a bit more of a listener mailbag episode next week as we lead into a very exciting week here. We do have country night coming up this Saturday night. Rematch with the Roughnecks. Going to be amazing, everything. And we'll probably dive more into the game in Laval next week as well. But we should tee up that that is coming up very quickly. And so it's going to be Friday night, February the 16th. New York Riptide against the Toronto Rock. It is technically a New York Riptide home game. So the Rock will be entering hostile territory in Laval, Quebec. Or Quebec. And... You had the opportunity to jump on a press conference earlier this week and, and talk to, uh, there was a few Montreal area journalists on it, and I've had a few more media requests actually since that uh, press conference took place. But uh, do you have friends and family? Anybody going to the game uh, at this point? Girlfriend. All right. Yeah. That qualifies. Yep. All the friends and family. Well, <laughs> yeah, she's coming. There have been, like, when you think about this Montreal road trip, it's like another – um, opportunity for family and whatnot to go and see you guys play in a different arena, which is kind of cool, right? That, you know, they're for most people, the road games, I would say, would be a Buffalo or Rochester, typically, right? The, the games that people can drive to. Um, but this year with the Montreal game and then obviously the San Diego Vegas weekend, which, you know, we know that there are a lot of fans going already. Um, this season's kind of presented a few interesting opportunities in that way that you know i i don't really remember many seasons you know of the past that obviously have consisted of these you know we're making this first trip to vegas 
been to San Diego to play before, but now you're coupling those on a weekend, and then you've got the Montreal trip as well. But it's the schedule's actually been kind of cool that way. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you say? Yeah. No, I I agree. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I'm sure that Vegas on a normal weekend would be great, but you know, just uh, kind of get both Western trips. Uh, especially the San Diego one down to the way in one weekend's great and it's gonna be a challenge for us and uh, you know that's pretty far down the line but yeah going to Montreal it's it's gonna be super cool as well just uh, kind of go to a, a market that hasn't had lacrosse at a professional level in quite some time and um, just looking forward to putting on a show for the our fans who make the the trip and and uh, you know the new the new fans we make in one three out Laval. Place Laval. <laughs> Place Bell in Laval. Yeah. <laughs> Challenge is also renamed the arena. <laughs> Place Laval. That's good. Yeah. That was good. Different. So. Um yeah, it should be really exciting to get back there. Of course, the Montreal Express were the uh, National Lacrosse League team that existed uh, as part of, I guess, the current iteration of the National Lacrosse League back in 2002, the Montreal Express. And Matt Sawyer was an assistant coach there that year. Terry Sanderson was the head coach. Um, you know, Bruce Codd was a player on that team. So there are some, uh, you know, connections to that. Um, I know I think I mentioned I did the play-by-play on the first game there uh, on the old NLL network, audio webcast. So oh, yeah. a few ties here and there to uh, that one season. In you only Montreal. played one season? Yeah, one season. What happened? I don't really know the whole story. I mean, Matt Sawyer, Bruce Codd, it would be great to have them on. Maybe next week we can maybe bring one of them on to, to talk a little bit more about Montreal. But uh, I think for one reason or another, likely business reasons, that – the team didn't continue there, but, um, you know, I think it's one of those things like it very well would have caught on, I think, had they been able to, you know, continue to operate in, in Montreal. And there is a fan base there. Obviously, there's a pretty strong lacrosse community in Ganawage, which is just, you know, 20 minutes or so from uh, the Bell Center. <laughs> In uh, downtown Montreal, so it's it's good. And then you know when we played an exhibition game there, I guess about ten years ago, it was a pretty good crowd. You know, I think around seven thousand somewhere in there um, at that game. So it's there's a history there, you know, and there's a lacrosse community, and it's you know in in terms of some other markets that the NLL has gone to, you know, there's more of an existing box lacrosse fan base there than perhaps in you know other spots where the where the league has gone to and, and eventually had success as well in those communities. So um, it'll be great. It, it's going to be a great uh, opportunity to play a regular season game in Quebec in a uh, new slash old market. Yeah. I'm uh, very much looking forward to it. Yeah. So let's quickly, uh, before we wrap things up, let's talk about this Saturday's game against Calgary Roughnecks. We talked about the back-to-back nature of all things here and, uh, what kind of a game do you anticipate? Do you think that this may, in fact, be a little bit, uh, I guess, of a more chippy affair second time around, traditionally speaking? Those second games of back-to-backs usually do get, uh, you know, a little more chippy. Everybody's a little more familiar with each other. Yeah, especially a team that we don't really play too often. 
uh, and then we play them back to back. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be chippy and physical, and and uh, you know we're we're prepared to play a better Calgary team. Um, you know they we got them on the second day of a back to back, and I'm sure they they're probably thinking if they had full energy that they could beat us. So um, you know we're looking forward to that obviously, and, and we're expecting them to be better than they were. And at two and five, there is going to be a certain, I think, backs against the wall mentality here on Calgary. You know, you've got, still got a ton of runway left in the season, absolutely. But, you know, it doesn't make things any easier if they drop uh, to two and six. You know, the that runway gets a little bit shorter and then the urgency really ramps up. So uh, you don't want to necessarily say at all that this is do or die for Calgary. But this is certainly a game that they would definitely really love to get so i think you know you're going to see an even better effort probably from the roughnecks this week and if we know you know their head coach josh sanderson and assistants troy accordingly and and phil sanderson those are guys that uh, are real competitors and uh, i'm sure they'll have the roughnecks ready to roll much as our coaching staff will have the toronto rock ready to roll another orangeville versus orangeville matchup on the bench yes sir it's good and rosie wins uh chapter one the battle of the uh, reigning goalie of the year and the reigning runner-up for goalie of the year. Round one to Rosie. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. He's playing unbelievable. <laughs> it really is. Seven goals against. I mean, yeah. And I'm sure there's a couple of those that he would like back, you know, like, and, and I'm sure that happens every night, right? That, you know, you don't like every goal that gets by you, obviously. But, um, yeah, it's – Rosie is just uh, – he is dialed in right now, that's for sure, and we hope to see even more of that and plenty of rosy chance on Saturday night. There's there's some saves that I see him make, like in game, where I'm like, oh, swear word, holy, yeah. holy, because like even uh, was it in the third quarter? It, it would be in the th- first or the third in our game, six on five, uh, Calgary obviously on offense and. Just like a pass inside, I forget to who it was, maybe like Curry or something. Just catch quick shot. Rosier's leaning to the other other side of the net on a knee, but like had his his other foot like kind of parallel to the ground, and the ball just got shot like right where his ankle is, and just stopped. And I just had the perfect view for it, and I'm like, oh my, oh my god, that was unbelievable. Because like the entire net was open, but the one spot. That wasn't obviously Rosie knowing that just like just killed it. No rebound, nothing. And I was like, yeah, boy, that was nice. <laughs> was it? I thought there was one that was not necessarily like a kick save, but I think it was on a uh, break and a breakaway, I think. And he just kind of like stepped a bit to his left and just like on Simpson. Yeah. Um, Where he like his stick kind of came with his over to his left and just like it was a very solid. No thank you save. I get I I may have told Rosie after I was watching some old film with the Ogash. I walked into the locker room and I'm like, Hey Rosie, if uh if if Simpson's ever on a breakaway, uh this is what I think he's gonna do. He does it all the time. This is what I think, obviously. And I'm like, if he scores on you, you're getting fined. Because I told you what he's gonna do. <laughs> so then fast fast forward to the the game obviously yeah. and i'm on the bench and he gets to pass and i'm like oh 
here's a breakaway kind of and i'm like come on rosie come on rosie and then he did exactly what i told him he was going to do so i was like yes because like you know you give that information and then he doesn't do it it's kind of tough to look on you but then he saved it i just like but here's the funny thing about that right is that and i think sometimes it's like even if you know a play that's coming or you whatever it's like sometimes execution can just trump the knowledge anyways right because i'll go back to you know a pretty consistent move that (laughs) you would do on a breakaway and it was just yeah and it was like you just i'm sure a lot of goalies knew it was coming yeah didn't matter yeah yeah different 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 in what way uh i kept my stick high so i kind of had options as soon as you kind of drop your stick, you're kind of giving it away if what you're okay. doing, especially while you're floating in the air. <laughs> Normal human stuff yeah. while you're floating in the air. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, all right, I think uh, I think we might wrap things up there, Chell. Oh, after our marathon episode last week. I know, yeah, but I know you're you're fighting it a little bit, and we have another. Uh, we didn't even talk about Chase. Do you want to talk about it? We can talk about it. Yeah, you were on CHCH this morning with Chase McDaniel, who will perform live at halftime on Saturday night. This is a great catch here, Chow. Yeah. This that is, we didn't touch on this yet. But you had the chance to uh, interact with Mr. McDaniel Mr. and McDaniel. Uh, get to know him a little bit this morning. How was that? It was great. Well, first, uh, this morning, I was like, one, I'm not like the biggest country music guy. Like, I occasionally like it. Got to be situational, you know, somewhere feed the sand you know uh but so i was riffing to chch this morning from toronto so it's a good lengthy drive and uh i was like i'm just gonna crank chase mcdaniel tunes the entire way there just get some recon you know mm-hmm. if someone asks like oh what's your favorite song i'm ready you're a pro you know, i have three right. I have yeah this this is my first second and third i had them already uh but yeah no and then then i got to meet him uh, great guy, great guy, and uh, I was kind of ch- shooting the, the shoot, stuff, shooting yeah. the stuff with them, and um, before we got on, and first time in Canada was uh, is I guess yesterday he got in. Uh, first time at Timmy's was this morning. First time <laughs> holding a lacrosse stick. It's just very like Canadian, you know. You come to Canada first time. Yeah. National national summer sport, and you know probably the most canadian drink you can get so he went tv tim bolan challen rogers tim hortons lacrosse it is a very good start but he has like i was talking to like uh, his business uh or sorry his record label uh manager um and i was just like oh what are you, what are you guys doing today and he's like <laughs> i i was he also followed me on Instagram. I was looking at his stuff, and he was like, "He this morning, I guess he was up at five, had six. He had to perform for people, uh, like Boots and uh, yeah, he had yeah. to perform for the people of Boots and Hearts to, I guess, like be asked to to join the set list. And then after CHCH, he was going to Toronto to do some more radio stuff and perform for Live Nation. Uh, and then yesterday, I saw he's at like CCMA." Just first time he can, and just guys buzzing. And then he's going to Niagara Falls later because that's where uh, he lived. 
uh, like his uh, label. Right. Yep. Uh, going to Niagara Falls tonight. He's fired up. He's like, he's like, that's the only thing people in like Kentucky like. Yeah, Niagara Falls. Like you, you have to go and see it. It's like the coolest thing ever. So he's he's super fired up to go see that. So see for sweet. I'm sure we'll talk about it. So in the middle, yeah. Then he's he's here at three thirty. We're doing some, uh, you know, teach, getting him to take some shots on Rosie and having him kind of truly pick up a lacrosse stick for the first time and, and get after it. Um, and then I think he's got another in studio on Friday on KX country one of our partners for the game and then i think he even has another appearance on saturday and then he's playing halftime so he'll do sound check and then i think he's got an appearance and then he'll come back and uh play the show saturday so i think that is kind of like the life of a musician when you're promoting a new record and your pr it's and his all debut that record stuff. too yeah like when your pr is like hey we're going up to toronto and i'm lining up Everything. 15 things for you yeah. to do in like three and a half days yeah and it's just go 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 right and there's not a lot of time and that's kind of like it's weird but you know you can kind of equate that probably a little bit to your life where we're talking about going away to vegas san diego all that stuff everybody's like oh it's probably so glorious but like you know you're gonna get in there you grab a meal go to bed wake up shoot around sleep game and then on the vegas trip you know leaving right after the game to head to san diego so no yeah. fun time yeah. in, in Vegas no. on that trip, right? So uh, a little extra time being spent in San Diego for sure, but uh, it's it's not always, you know, there's business a lot of work, trip. right? It's a business trip. Yeah, there yeah. really is, and uh, it'll uh, be great to see Chase. He'll be here in, you know, our time here, record time about an hour and a half, so that'll be fun. And His uh, accent's something different too. Oh, yeah, it's oh, yeah. legit. It's legit. It's just like, yeah, you – Definitely can sing country. Yeah. Like just well, when he talks, like the depth of his voice. I don't like, you just like, yeah, I get it. Well, it was almost a bit of an awkward moment in the interview, I thought, this morning when Tim Bolin kind of just like, thought, was like, you really got that? Like, he said something like, you really got it, like that accent going. <laughs> well, they said that to me too when I walked in, uh, like, met, like Chase and, and yeah. those guys. They're like, oh, the accent. And I'm like, <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian accent. Yeah, yeah. There's a I chair. guess it is true. It is. It, yeah, you forget that their ears. Yeah, it's just the exact other way for them. It's he. Yeah, you almost have to send them out like east. Yeah, like the Maritimes accents. Those would be good. Yeah, that would really mess them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess before we go, then the, the very last thing we truly have to do is uh, Super Bowl picks. I think we talked a little. We talk, definitely talked some football on the marathon episode last week. But yep. do we have a final pick? This is just straight up winner. Yeah, <laughs> Chiefs. I'm going right. Chiefs. I'm going Chiefs. <laughs> going Chiefs. All right. Well, 31-21 Chiefs. Whoa. 31-21. You know where I got that from? Who? The Mentalist. You don't. You've never no. seen that stuff. No. I feel like that's so up your alley. Really. It's content up your alley. No, like the guy that went, uh, he's done some pro teams. Like he goes to, uh, I don't know, like their film sessions or whatever, their meetings, and and just kind of mentally Fs them up a little bit. Like not like, like, hey, Mike, think of a number between 1 and 10, write it down. 
and then you write it down and you like throw it in the garbage and then you like he'll come back i don't know i have to show you this but okay. like if you know you know all right and uh so this guy went to the jets preseason and uh was asking mccall hardman um like who are you gonna play in the like who do you think you're gonna play in the super bowl this year um that obviously being like the jets mm-hmm. and he's like uh 49ers and then so he puts like the 49ers and it was 49ers and jets obviously just like they're not gonna not pick the jets but McCole Hardman, obviously, for those of you that don't know, now plays for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. And the score in that was 31-21 Chiefs, or Jets, over the 49ers. So you're rolling with that? I'm rolling with it. It's like, yeah. I have to show you the video, though. If All you right. haven't seen it, like, you should, because the guy is just absolutely insane. He, uh, he's done some really cool stuff. Okay, so you're rolling with the Chiefs. I would like to I would like to roll with the Chiefs as well, but I'm just not sure. Um, my biggest reason I think for cheering for the Chiefs is I am a big supporter of like greatness in terms of Patrick Mahomes chasing greatness, doing great things in his career, you know, being, you know, around I guess, you know, to witness like this, you know, is one of the greatest players ever kind of thing. And Patrick Mahomes and everything that's going on there. Um, but there's something that just says that with all the San Francisco's weapons. And I just like I really like Christian McCaffrey. No, I think I think the 49ers are sick. Their offense is sick. Their defense is a little banged up. Could be better. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you know, like you just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. So just figure it out. You can't, but Brock Purdy, some of the things he did, I just. Yeah, but he's also had games where he's thrown three picks and they've gotten murdered. And that's why I feel like I'm also kind of on the fence about it. But I think if I had to. Put a loony on it. I think I would. I would put that loony on the Kansas City Chiefs. I've been putting loonies on everyone but the Kansas City Chiefs, <laughs> and I'm running out of loonies. But if if the San Francisco 49ers win, like I don't think it's in any way, shape, or form an upset. I think uh, you know. I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be a great game on I Sunday, mean, the especially are... if it's just a like. I'd love to just see a total shootout, like just yeah. tons of scoring and just, yeah. The uh, What was I going to say? 49ers are favorites, aren't they? Yeah, I, I believe so. They've certainly opened as favorites. I don't think the line would have moved so much that that would have changed. But no, I, mean, I think everyone's on the Niners right now. Yeah. Uh, sorry for the mentalist guy. His name's Oz Perlman. Okay. Oz Perlman. You Google Oz Perlman. Watch some stuff of his. It is crazy. All right. So that's my homework for this week and this weekend. Yep. All right. Well, Rock City. First one. McCall oh. Hardman might have just predicted his own future. <laughs> wow. Well, okay. I'm going to show you, and you're going to be like, yeah, I'm going to put my loony on 3121. Uh, 
Yes, sorry. Just an incoming text about the 3.30 uh, appearance. Um, yeah, I think uh, we're going to jump to a hard stop here, Chow. <laughs> Love it. Because <laughs> we're going to keep going. Uh, so Rock City, don't forget, Saturday night is country night at First Ontario. Center and game time is 7 o'clock. Calgary Roughnecks in town. They're 2-5. and five. They're going to be a desperate team coming in here, but the Toronto Rock will have to match that desperation and perhaps more to pull out a victory and move to 7-1 and one on the season. It is going to be a fantastic game. It is not available on TSN. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is only available on TSN+. Plus. So it's a stream-only game this Saturday night. Uh, John Abbott and Brian Shanahan will have the call along with Ashley Docking as uh, the host and field reporter for that game. So make sure you tune in TSM Plus at 7 o'clock. If you can't get there in person, tickets are still available at torontorock.com. And there still is time, child, to get the Country Night Pack, which consists of two tickets and two Rock City Cowboy hats starting at just $100. That's that's a good deal. I put on the cowboy hat today. Yeah. And, I, you know, usually with those types of hats, I put those on. And I'm like, yeah, it's not going to fit. Lots of room. Lots of room for it to fit. Nice. Yeah. So it, it will fit all heads, all shapes and sizes, even Brad's. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, we have to. We would have to put that to the test because we know Brad's in the graphic, but that is a uh, that's Photoshop. That's an old one. That's a Photoshop. Oh, and, yeah, and an old cowboy hat. Yes, yeah, so we would have to put that to the test because you know, Brad is the a, old ones. Do would not fit. No, Brad's no. a unique individual, and he has a bit of a unique shaped head. That's why he has trouble with the warrior helmets. The and the loves least. a good Bauer. Loves Bauer. He, he was talking about the custom made Bowers. That he wants to get. Really? Yeah. Which would be great for his unique <laughs> shaped head. Be a real groundbreaking thing. Okay, all, don't forget next week. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, Charlie. I was just going to say that's all, that's, that's, that's all access. That's, right that is all access. Don't forget, though, if you want to be a part of the listener mailbag, make sure you pop us a line at totalaccess at torontorock.com. And I guess, Chal, as I just look over there, I guess we have to end. Yeah, we this. It's over. It's three strikes. I'm we, so happy. We didn't get anything. Um, is this the point where after the podcast you're gonna yep. go in and break yep. it to him? Yeah, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna go with the question. You know, I have see if he's been listening to our recent episodes, and then follow up that with, "Have you listened to the end?" One will be yes. One will be no. And <laughs> tough bounce for him because we've talked about it. Yeah. I still think now, even after we break it to him, I'll probably bring him on in the next episode. Anyway, it's gonna be just so to, sad. Just to have a, just to have a quick little chat with him and get his side of the story. <laughs> He's working hard though. The lights are out, which means he is deep in the lab, focused in there, getting some stuff ready for uh, Saturday night's game. You probably have a long list for him to do. Uh, I think he's down to the game preview, a couple of get louds, and I think that's it actually. For uh, and then he's going to be obviously doing some social stuff here for Chase McDaniel's visit coming up uh, by the minute, sooner and sooner. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> All right, Rock City. That is it. In the meantime and in between time for Challen Rogers, I'm Mike Hancock, saying that's it. That's all. Another edition of Toronto Rock Total Access is over and done with. We'll see you Saturday night, and we will chat next week.